Hey, welcome to Old Ass Movie Reviews. I'm Scott. There's Dave right next to me. And we are going back to 1979 to the television event of Salem's Lot. Stephen King's um, epic masterpiece, maybe? I don't know. Movie-wise, not so much a masterpiece. I love the book. And this adaptation is actually really solid. This was the first time that you have seen it, correct? It is the first time I saw it because as a kid, it always looked way too scary for me to watch. And I honestly went into that. I'm I'm an old guy now, folks. Uh, And I went into it with thinking this is just going to be terrifying. I'm going to be terrified through this whole movie. No. Creepy moments in this movie, though. I had a couple of really creepy moments in this movie. Uh, You want to you want me to just go ahead. Okay. Tell me what you thought. <laughs> I like this movie. If you are a vampire fan, monster fan, um, I recommend this movie. I recommend this movie as much as I recommend the first television adaptation of it. Nice. That's a good movie. It's creepy. It it's is. weird. It's, you know, crazy clown guy. Uh, and my personal taste for it was, uh, what's his name as it, as the clown. Tim Curry. Tim Curry. Yeah. Um, much much better clown in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Much better freaky creep creepy clown. It's different. It's different. The the remake of of it just it it was missing something for me. Yeah. I I get that people really liked it and Bill Skarsgård makes a really creepy Pennywise, but uh, it's it is what it is. I like the original and I think it's a nostalgia thing. And I like the it had David Soul in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Starsky and Hutch, yeah, all the way. He wasn't a bright guy. He, wasn't he couldn't even shut guy. the door to his Jeep. <laughs> I did like that as a recurring thing, though. Every time he'd shut his door, the Jeep door would pop open. That I had know, to be it. Got to be Jeep so. It happened so damn much. I was looking for it. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I think just, when they like, made it, funny. they they probably just let it go. It's like fuck <laughs> it. He can't shut the, the fourth, door. Yeah, the fourth time he shut it, they were probably just let they just let it go. Just fucking it's not drive, your man. real vehicle. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> um, it opens with him showing back up to Salem's lot, and it was used to be called Jerusalem's lot. I think Jerusalem's lot. Town. Yeah. yeah. So he shows up. He's looking at the house. I forgot the name of the house. The Marston House. Marston House. And he's standing out there, and it's all creepy. And it's very misleading. A lot of the little things that happened in this movie were misleading. I thought the character knew a lot more of what was going on than was going on. Maybe it was all answered in the book. I never read the book. Not a huge Stephen King fan. I've tried to read a couple of his books. Mm -hmm. I set them down and just shook my head and went, I don't know how this man makes money. I've done that with a few of his, but there's a few, and this is one of them that is amazing. I was going to say, that's that's me. I do like his one book on writing. Um, Mm. Okay, tie right over, pushing that to the side. This movie, I liked. However, there was a scene, because they talk about David David Spade, David Souls. (laughs) That would have been a whole different movie. With Chris Farley showing up as Straker. (laughs) Would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah. Or even Barlow as Chris Farley Barlow. as Mr. Barlow. Would have been, a, would have been Barlow. Uh, that would have been a wide fucking coffin. God, that would have been <laughs> funny. God, that would have been a good movie. Okay, uh, hey, anyway. Look, look, real talk. We're, we're talking about spoofing Salem's Lot. Um, right. I don't know if you saw that um, 
there there's up a new police squad in the works. Who's going to play the part of? It's rumored to be Liam Neeson. I can actually see it because uh, Leslie Nielsen was such a straight actor, so I could see it. But I don't know. It's like, can we just leave it alone? <laughs> just re-release the movies. Thank you. I'm with you there. Now back to Salem's Lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, back to Salem's Lot. Pushes that to the side for another conversation. We're putting in Salem's Lot back in. Um, Sorry. <laughs> there was just something that never came up in the movie, and you said you read the book. Mm-hmm. Maybe you remember. David Soul's character, his wife had died. Supposedly, he says in a car accident. Yeah. I assumed that he was hunting these guys at one point. And then it seems like that hunting, like I thought maybe they killed his wife and he was going after him. Like, that yeah, would have been a good take. But that never came up. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wait, what happened? What, I don't, what happened here? I don't remember what happened to his wife. Um, and they only briefly talk about his obsession with. The Marston house as a right. kid, like on a dare, he went in there yeah, and he yeah. saw Hubie Marston hanging. That's all in the book. And they briefly talk about it there. Right. And then near the end, they show he's got he's got some serious PTSD. Oh, fuck. I got to go in this house. You know, oh, yeah, he so, don't want to go in that house. And I wouldn't want to go in that house either. Uh, but, but no, they really I don't recall if it touches on the in the book. Okay. Uh, I was just curious. Um, but I felt like that was a missed point. Like, if you're going to change the movie so much anyway. Make this guy hunting Barlow. Mm-hmm. That would have been cool. And at cool. some point, can we ever just, if I have to write this movie with you, or if, even if I have to write it alone, I'm going to write a movie where the good guy finds out where the vampire is, and instead of waiting until nighttime, goes in there during the day. Dude. And I don't know, maybe burns down the house. Dude. Just burn the fucking house. A couple of Molotov cocktails through the window. Burn that mother. Then stand outside with a steak and some garlic around, like garlic all the way around the house. I don't know. Holy salt all the way around the house. Yeah. The holy water. You know, you know. They always gun. go into the vampire's lair thirty minutes before sundown. Right. Excuse me. Right. All the time. One of the best I've seen is John Carpenter's Vampires with uh, James Wood and uh, I want to see that. that that's Stephen Baldwin. HBO, I think. It's a, you will love it. Yeah. It opens it opens up their hunters working for the church and they actually use like uh, harpoons and they go into the dark areas. They shoot the, or stab the vampires with a harpoon that's t- tied to a cable, which is hooked to a winch on a truck and drag the bitches out into the sunlight. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's fucking awesome. That's but, a great idea. There you yeah. go. That's how you that's how you hunt vampires. That's, yeah. that's how you do it. You'll love it. I recommend vampires. It's it's, it's a cool fucking flick. But, but when he yeah. realized, yeah, when he realized finally that all the shit was coming down and you know that it was a vampire, why wouldn't you just go burn this house down? Yeah. Even the sheriff you? knew it was leaving town. At that point, you go just burn the fucking house down. Nobody's gonna arrest you for it. No, no, the sheriff was a smart motherfucker. I'm gone, bitches. <laughs> <sighs> Took him a long time to. Ha- okay, I want to go back to the beginning. I'm just okay. The kid, the kid was a big character actor at that point. I don't even yeah. know if this kid's still alive. I can't think of his name right now. I've off seen that. him in so many things. I didn't pull his name up. Um, but while I'm talking, I'm going to try and pull up IMBD. Yeah, I didn't well, do that. Yeah. Well, while you're doing that, I will. We'll talk about the character. I think okay. it's Matt. Matt was the name, was it? Or Mark? I think that Mark. Was the kid's Mark. Name, yeah. Um, 
it really goes into a lot of Mark in the book to me seemed to be a more main character uh, along with Ben Mears. So right. you've got a lot of book time with Mark. So the movie I felt didn't showcase a lot, a lot of him. They did a, they did a thing. One of the things that really stuck with my book is, and maybe Stephen King wrote too much about it was Mark's ability to get out of knots. I mean, yeah, he well, yeah to, he, they showed him doing magic tricks with his dad. And they stuff, made a quick so thing was, of that, but it, it was more in detail. Yeah. So when the end, when he's tied up like that, you know exactly how he gets out because he's been practicing yeah. that for a long time. Yeah, um, I like that. So You're it's uh, expecting the kid to do it. Yeah. Lance yeah, Kerwin. Lance Kerwin. Lance Kerwin. Yeah. Yeah. It, what I like about this is it... You can tell it's a TV movie. Yeah. Because definitely. and it was spread over a couple nights. <coughs> so you have the first first night or first two or whatever just building all of this. You're getting mm -hmm. to know the people. It's not a lot going on. And I think that's why they put that scene at the beginning. Yeah. Um, yeah. of them down in Mexico being hunted, which yeah. I think you is different from the book. There. Yeah. So it, it, it got you like what is going on? Um, and just real quick, the only difference is really, and this is spoilers, people. Yeah. Um, at, do the spoilers. End, at the end in the book, they actually run to Mexico for like a year uh -huh. and then, and then come back to burn Salem's lot to the ground. They don't take care of everything. I think right then and there, um, really, they don't get all the vampires there. Now they allude to this in the movie, in the TV series yeah. that the wind is blowing toward town and everything. Because yeah. in the book, what we saw in the movie was, oh, all the vampires were hanging out in Barlow's cellar. But in mm -hmm. the book, they're under every crawl space, every house. By the time the book ends, there's hundreds upon hundreds of vampires. The whole town is just consumed. Oh, and shit. that's that's what kind of what they alluded to. So, I mean, you could right. you can only do so much. And I really I really enjoy this ending of them turning out to be hunters basically and yeah. seeing susan at the end i completely forgot about that it's like oh that was a nice touch i was expecting her to show back up i really yeah. was and then when she did i was like oh those eyes are gonna pop open dude and he knew i mean he already knew and i liked him going in for the kiss and then you just see the steak yes that was that was a good touch that there's Great a contacts. lot there is a lot that i liked about this movie with that said this movie could have had a good solid 30 minutes of drive time taken out of it. Yes. And when I say drive time, folks, Look, I don't he's mean driving like again. <laughs> just sitting around and talking. I mean, actual drive time, people in a car. Yeah, driving there was a lot of it. There was a lot of it. Nothing going on. Now, the reason they did that, obviously, was like Scott said, back in the 70s, you had three networks. You had made for TV movies. You had mini events like Salem's Lot, which was a two night deal. Yeah. You had the spread. I mean, you had the. And that's why. Evidently, yeah. they didn't have the writers at that point that could have made this even more interesting, which I find really hard to believe because it was right there in Hollywood. But yeah. What are you going to do? Um, but there's a lot of drive. There's a lot of this. There's a lot of hands on the steering wheel and looking around, you know, mm -hmm. as you're driving. And I'm thinking to myself, I looked over at Canada and said, is it just me? Is it a lot of, a lot of just driving in this movie? <laughs> Lots of driving. Lots of driving. Uh, I, other than that, I liked it. The, the pace was slow. And I think mm -hmm. if you took a lot, of, I think you could edit this. I think you could do what the one fan did to Obi-Wan. Yeah. Edit it, make it a little bit more compact 
and make it more boom, 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 more action packed. And I think you get more jittery out of it. Yeah, I think that's why I'm, I'm sorry, go go ahead. ahead. No, I'm actually excited for the rumors of a remake that keeps getting pushed back, but I'm actually, I, I, my stance on remakes in Hollywood have changed. As long as you've given it enough time, don't do it the next year. I think it's, it's fair game because everybody can have a chance to make something better. And if they do something better or something different, I'm good. If it's shit, well, bam, why'd you waste your time on that? Right. <laughs> you know, right. so I, I have, I have my fingers crossed. There was, uh, in the eight, um, uh, not in the eighties, in the early two thousands, I think they might've, uh, they did I another TV did. event with Rob yeah. Lowe as the Ben Mears character. Yeah. You were um, saying that I, I now I re- want to see that one. Cause Rob I don't Lowe. remember it. I remember not liking it, but it may also be Stephen King at one point was, what's that? (laughs) I said that it was Rob Lowe. (laughs) You know, he was kind of a big deal at the time. Uh, Stephen King has got a habit of not liking his movie adaptations. Right. And I get it as a creator. I mean, hell, just look at Alan Moore. That's a a great thing to read about. uh, Yeah. (laughs) That's a whole other podcast. The check, Alan, is what I always like to say. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Real quick quick on Alan Moore. uh, He needs an editor. I love Alan Moore's stuff. That man, if anybody in the comic book world ever needed an editor for what I call diarrhea of the mouth, it's Alan Moore. I love him. I think he's a really good editor. He's very and a really good writer. He yeah. just needs an editor with the cojones to say, Alan, you got to edit about say that 40 a lot. pages out of this. We bring that up a lot. Everybody needs good editor friends. I think you do. I think you have to have somebody <laughs> willing to say, no, you're not the genius. You think you are a genius, but you're not yeah. the genius you think you are. Yeah. But um, back to to Salem's Lot. Yes, I'm there sorry. was there was a time frame where Stephen King w- went through and they redid The Shining as a TV made for TV thing. Yeah, and, and then they did Salem's Lot. And mm-hmm. I personally love the TV adaptation of The Shining, and I don't like Stanley right. Kubrick's. Oh my God, send the hate mail. <laughs> Not know? my favorite director. No, um, not my I, favorite director at all. The to me, the TV, the remake of The Shining held to the book so close and felt like Stephen King, whereas yeah. the Stanley Kubrick one does not feel like a Stephen King movie at all. Right, Salem's Lot does feel like a Stephen King story through and through. Um, right. and and so the remake may be, but that's a whole nother another thing. I I I like this old. I I liked I cl- it. I collect antiques and uh-huh. mid-century 60s, 70s, 50s. Yeah. And just looking in the background, I just I, I love watching these movies. It's like, oh my God, yeah. look at the look at the sets. Look at all of this. It's just in the clothes and everything yeah, and some the cars. Of that stuff was just look, here's something I felt out of place. And maybe it was covered in the book. The affair going on between the uh the real estate agent and his <laughs> secretary. Herb Tarlick. Yeah, Herb Tarlick. <laughs> no, it wasn't Herb Tarlick. He it was, wasn't. Uh, he sure looked like Herb. <laughs> no, he he was. Uh, he does. But he's the guy. That I've was seen on, that guy a lot. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I got his name yeah. right here. Hold on. That... He, he was on Fernwood Tonight. He was the sidekick on Fernwood Tonight, which was a fake talk show. Huh. It was a spoof talk show back in the day, back in the 70s. And I just got to look, find his name. It, you know, it, that particular scene, I know what you're saying. It seems out of place, but it again, Fred Willard, Fred Willard. Yeah. Fred Willard. 
it, real people or something like that too yeah i think you're right but it's it's one of those things that it's just like the drive time we need uh-huh. we need some stories i do believe all of that is in the book because stephen king has a tendency to write everything that's in front of his eyes Right. In his mind's eye and it gets very descriptive and sometimes very wordy like right. a lot of a lot of authors tend to do so there was a lot of exposition probably on that as well um yeah it, it just seemed really out of place in this in this movie like if if i think willard does wind up becoming a vampire but it just seemed like there was something bigger going to happen with yeah. the guy and his wife like maybe they were both going to get turned or she was going to get turned and kill the husband or Again, it seemed like there was a missed opportunity with those two that I can't blame her for having the affair and I can't blame him for, you know, him being pissed off about it either. So but that's a whole nother story. (laughs) It just seemed really awkward. It just seemed like, here, let's wedge this into the story, right? It'll fit and, and that may have into a round hole. <laughs> yeah, that maybe had to do with the editing or whatnot from from that. So um one of one of the things about this, this is this is uh interesting bit is directed by Toby Hooper, uh yeah, known for that. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and yeah. his thumbprints are all over this series. Um, there is so much yes, it's the 70s, so a lot of gore is not going to be present. A lot of violence right. is not going to be seen. But that's one of the things to me that makes the Texas Chainsaw Massacre so effective and makes this effective. Everything is done off screen. All the kills, yeah. everything. You don't yeah. see a thing, but your brain puts it all together and it makes it, it all in. And it does a good job of it. Yeah. So I, I I actually appreciate that. Well, hey, bring the gore. I love to see it. I think it's really cool. But man, you want to freak me out? Don't show me. You want to freak freak somebody out? Have a little kid floating by a window, scratching at the window, and just going back and forth. Yeah, what'd you and think like of that? The, I like the effect. The, the creepy. It's really creepy. Let me in. Look the at me. Was, yeah, the, the effect was done really cool because the mist machine behind him, the fog machine, it was, was perfect. Blown, blown. And as the kid starts coming through the window, it starts reversing. And I was like, "That's interesting," because mm-hmm. if you're not paying attention. And I was looking at that kid. Anytime one of the kids went through the window, they had to do everything backwards. But when they're running it forward, that kid looked like he was moving the way Mm -hmm. he was supposed to be moving towards the towards the other kid. Now it seems like it would be really easy to do it all in reverse, but that had to. I wonder how many takes they had to do before they found the take that they wanted. Oh yeah, those are some. Let me get to that because that, when anybody thinks of Salem's Lot, mm-hmm. uh, they think of the the Glick boys floating outside the window, That's scratching creepy. on the glass. I read this book in the in the seventies. I was very young, and I remember the wind blowing and a tree next to my window <laughs> scratching the glass. <laughs> the, that funny. is why this story has such a spot in my heart because right. as, as a wee lad i was terrified oh well, yeah uh, i, I was absolutely terrified by that I my before i ask you i'll tell you there's one scene in this movie that gets me to this day and still sends chills down my fucking spine and i think it's mike the grave digger sitting in a rocking chair after he'd been buried that is creepy as hell i that have not seen creepy. a scene That's like creepy. that in a movie since and his I'm eyes are still, and his eyes are glowing. They, they, they've that got actor, those contact lenses in there that are picking up the ambient light perfectly. That actor's movement 
Uh, and delivery was wonderful in that. Yeah. It's like, holy yeah. crap, dude, you brought it and scared the shit out of me even today. <laughs> yeah, me and the old lady were sitting there watching it. And we both looked at each other and went, that is a creepy scene. That would have scared the shit out of me as a little kid. Yes, it would have. I'd have been up and out of the room as a little kid. I'd have been like, oh, no, I'm done. I'm, we're Janine done here. was telling me after that scene, they ran next door to their grandma's house at night screaming. Kat <laughs> said she ran across the street from her friend's house. Yeah. The little glick boy is at the window. She called up her mom. I'm coming home. Open the door. And mom's like, what? Like opening the door, still on the phone. And Kat's running across the street. <laughs> coming home. <laughs> hell with this. We're done. We're done here yeah. we're done here yeah <laughs> fucking vampire you're gonna catch my ass <laughs> i would like to think that you could take any kid that was our age when this came out and yeah. put, it, put it in front of, it's gonna scare him i think i think now, so i've been desensitized to a lot of stuff it's not nearly as frightening but it's still creepy as hell man <laughs> and i think what would really creep them out the most is the fact that it's so milk toast through a lot of it and mm-hmm. then when something weird happens it's like just a little weird now we're getting a little bit weirder. Now the Glick boy's at the window. <laughs> yeah. Once this movie hits the halfway point. Yeah. That's what it turns on. It just, they push the pedal all the way down and it just goes nonstop. Yeah. I watched the first half one night and it's like, okay, I'm stopping. We'll watch the intense shit the next night. Right. Um, right. And it, it worked. It worked well like that. And, and I, I was pretty happy. I went through the whole thing in one shot. Oh, that's cool. I was at that's one cool. point, I think I was a little, little under the halfway mark right before it picked up. I think I texted you and was like, yeah. there's a lot of driving in this. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. I was like, there's a lot of driving going on here. What, what the hell am I watching? Not, not what I was expecting at all, but there's a lot of buildup. So you have to, you have to be prepared to be bored to an extent, but pay attention because little things are going to come back. It, it all, it's, it's well-written. Yeah. The screenplay is well done. The yeah. changes made are are good. It's just it's good. It's good. Yeah. I you know, I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get this out of the way right now. My my take on it. I love this story. It's one of my all-time uh, favorites. I love vampire stories. I, I yeah. can watch vampire stories yeah. all the time. They're cool. Uses a you know, a lot of the same mythos about garlic and sunlight and stuff, yeah. but it's it's really good. I think it's a must-watch. Go go find it. My only complaint, and I haven't looked, is I have a Blu-ray of it, and it's still in four by three, made for TV mode, you know. Right, right. And I'm so used to seeing everything in widescreen cinema, like like you would see in the theater. And that was a little that took took me out of it for about the first five minutes. And after that, it was fine. <laughs> but right, it would have been nice right. to have it. And it wasn't it wasn't super clean. Uh, I'm so used to seeing D, uh, Blu-rays and DVDs that have been just re- remastered and cleaned up. Right, right. This right. was nice, but it was no extras on the D, on the Blu-ray at all. Just the trailer, and it's like yeah, that was on. probably before they started adding all that, right? Uh, no, I don't know. It, well, it's on Blu-ray. People were adding oh, all that shit to DVDs. So yeah, so it is a no frills Blu-ray. There may be right. new new releases out there, but the one I got was yeah, but still worth worth a watch. Yeah, that's this is a good movie, and I, I would say yeah, it's worth a purchase if you like vampire movies. If yeah. you like just this is kind of a niche a niche thing. Let, let's talk about Barlow. I'm I'm looking for ah, Barlow, Barlow on, on yes. the cast. He's not listed. They don't list the actor. They got David Soul, James Are you serious? Mason. 
Lance Kerwin, Bonnie Bedelia with Susan Norton, uh, Lou Ayers, Julie Cobb, Elijah Cook Jr., who is the old drunk, George Zunda, Ed Now, Flanders. I had seen George in a lot of movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a big-time character act- actor. Ed Flanders was uh, uh, a doctor on St. Elsewhere. Clarissa K. Mason. Okay. Jeffrey R- Lewis. Reggie Nalder. Oh, my God. No wonder they picked him. I don't know if this is going to show very well. Is that the actor? That's the actor. It's not a good picture because of the glare, but you can see his facial structure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's not even listed on IMBD. Wow. Okay. um, Reggie uh, Nelder as Kurt Barlow. Reggie Nelson. Reggie Nelder? Nelder. Nelder was Nelder. Been there, done that. Um, (laughs) You're not even paying attention. I I heard you. Nailed her. Richie. Yeah. Um, And and then I I almost forgot about Higgins. I'm sorry. Straker. Straker. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I had a Magnum PI moment watching that. It's like, oh my God, he looks like Higgins. Yeah. But that's (laughs) uh, James Mason. Yeah. Very, very, very British actor. Uh, He was in the original. Was it the original or what? No, it was the uh, Force 10 from Navarone. Oh, okay. He was one of the British guys. Uh, see, they always come back to visit. If you watch enough old movies with me, dude, you're going to always get these guys. Uh, yeah, I've been seeing quite a few uh, people return. Kenneth McMillan was the constable. Fred Willard. Uh, Mary Windsor was Eva Miller. That was the one that was running the, the, the boarding the, house. It was married house, to Weasel. Eva Miller was a character named Eva, another Eva. Um, Barbara Babcock, Bonnie Bartlett, and Joshua Bryant. I don't know who Ted Petrie was. I don't remember a guy named Ted Petrie. Mm. But that's okay. But that that was the cast. David Soul was a really good choice, especially back he then. He was. He was a good because everybody knew he was the good guy when he walked on stage. Yeah. You know, everybody knew who to root for. And that, that's one of the things at the beginning of the movie. You didn't know exactly what was going on because, right. you know, he would just. I'm surprised Straker didn't stop and say, can I help you? You're staring See, at that, my house. Why wouldn't you? I would have. If, if you if you want to just blend in and not be brought, you'd be like, yeah, can I help you? Do you is there something I can help you with? Are you a salesman? You know. They, they just stare at each other and don't say anything. And I'm like, if I was Straker and that was my house, I'd be like, hey. Dude, seriously, I know it's the 70s, but what the fuck? Yeah. You know, house yeah. isn't for sale and I don't do tours. Go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then David Soul probably would have never, his character wouldn't have thought twice about the house. He would have been, probably been like, oh, okay, we're good. No, I, I, yeah, I think that's why more of his backstory would have been better. Yeah. Um, to help the viewers see why he's so obsessed. It it comes very late in the story. So it's like yeah. it doesn't have the same effect. If that if we could have had a flashback to a young Ben Mears, I think yeah. would have would have helped. And then you could have had Stryker come up and say, Can I help you? And him have flash to the older guy like coming yeah, out of the, the, his reminiscence. The book does go into a lot of detail of Ben as a kid in there yeah. and and stuff. So it's okay. it's it's pretty neat. So that's, that's building pretty, up the tension there. Yeah. That. Yeah. But and I get it. When you go to when you go to film it versus writing, it's it's a whole yeah. different medium and you're dealing with a lot of things. I just so what feel are you, like I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, continue. 
I was just going to say what I said earlier. What I just feel like his character, D- David Soul's character, uh, Ben Mears, his wife should have been killed and he should have been on the hunt at this point. If you're going to change the story so much as they did already, mm-hmm. change, give it that extra oomph. So, so the, the watcher, such as me, I was expecting to find out that his wife was killed by Stryker and, and, and it would Mr. have made a different story. That's for Barlow. sure. Yeah. yeah. Cause then you would have understood him, him standing outside the house. Like, how do I kill this guy? How do I kill this guy? How do I'm I? I'm going to have to go guy? research and see what the book says about his yeah. wife. I'm curious of that. It's been a long time since I read it. Well, in this, they just say that she died in a car accident. That's it. Yeah. And I was no. like, that seems, you know, unless Straker ran her it, off the road. It is weird how the movie starts off and here he is looking at the house and it's like, why is this guy obsessed with the house? And we really, yeah. it, it's kind of weak. It's kind of weak because yeah. you're, you as the viewer are not brought into what a reader would have already known. Right. And so. and don't take this, don't, don't take this as, as disliking or, or knocking down this movie anymore. Yeah. It just has an awkward, it is awkward start. But again, when you look at it from like our age, guys, our age used to watch <laughs> these shows. It's a two night movie. It's yep. a one long movie, three hours, three plus hours. Everybody got together and watched everybody these sat events. Down and everybody's yep. watching the same thing and everybody's talking about it. And your dad or mom is saying, shut up. I'm watching the movie. Yeah. You know, it's not like you can pause. <laughs> yeah. There's no pause back in the seventies folks. No, you didn't. I know. Right. You don't pause. three channels. You, no pause. Yeah. Yeah. And you better be on the channel that you want to watch. And if you're and lucky, you, you got to see it in color. Because if you <laughs> miss something five minutes of the first five minutes of your show, you're lost for the whole show. There's no rewind. No, I don't miss that. VHSs were just starting to get popular. And they were the size of a Volkswagen. And they were expensive, <laughs> man. You didn't just go out and buy a VHS tape. No. Unless you were well-to-do. Not at all. So what are your final thoughts on Salem's Lot 1979? I'm glad you suggested it. Let me put it that way. Let's start with, I really like the suggestion. I thought, like I said, right before it started really rolling, I thought I was going to have a completely different conversation with you. (laughs) I had a feeling. It's like, why? Why I was like, I need to send Dave a text and say, hang on. It is going to ramp up. And it does. But it it was almost like right after I texted you is when things started getting interesting. The kid, the kids walking through the forest and, and, you know, all that starts. I like it. It, it, it took some building up. I do still believe it could be edited. If, if somebody's out there and has got the proper editing equipment and they, they know how to edit a film, they could probably make a really good shorter version of this. They could probably cut out a solid 30 minutes and make Easy. it go a little bit quicker, a little bit faster paced. Get the, get the tension in there where you really want the tension. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, but yeah, folks, if you rent it, go rent the damn thing. I did. It was well worth it. I yeah. enjoyed it. I like a good vampire movie. I only have one question. Vampires aren't allowed to come in your house unless you're invited in. Mm-hmm. Marlo was never invited into that kid's house. No. That's Neither was Stryker. Now, Stryker could have been in there because he's well, human. He was human. Whatever he was. Well, we don't uh, know. <laughs> he lifts that one guy up with no problem. Just yeah. Him to the it wall. took a whole lot of bullets. So I don't know if Stryker's actually dead. He was probably a ghoul of some sort. Well, I'm yeah. Guessing. Well, but he could be killed. Rewind. 
Mark yeah. is in his bedroom with the Glick boys and they pick exactly. up a mask. What is this? And he's like, it's a ghoul. Why would they talk about that if Straker wasn't a ghoul? Exactly. I mean, That's what I started thinking. But he he wound up going down with six shots in him from a 38. That's what we saw. That's what we saw. Um, again, would be interesting, interesting sequel. Yeah. But Barlow was never invited into the home, and yet he was in the home. That's an interesting question, one I didn't even catch. Yeah, he came right through the damn window. Because even the kids had to, I mean, unless he was that powerful. Well, he did seem to have a lot of power. I love the design of Barlow. He, he, we have Nosferatu all over this motherfucker. Definitely Nosferatu. That's what yeah. a vampire looks like, folks. Be careful what you wish for. If you say, oh, I'd love to be a vampire. That's what you're going to look like. Only you're going to look be Gary like Mr. Oldman. Barlow. <laughs> you don't look like yourself in being sexy and always young. You look like Barlow. <laughs> you don't come out of interview with a vampire. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, there's no shiny yeah. vampires. Yeah. Your evil no. shows on the outside. That's a shame because I've always I've always wanted to look like Antonio Banderas, but you know who doesn't? <laughs> I know, who right? doesn't? And so, has that goddamn accent. I know. Damn, damn Spaniards. No, anyway, how are you today? <laughs> I am puss in boots. <laughs> Love his portrayal of puss in boots. Anyway. <laughs> So, um, I'd like to thank you all for joining us again for yet another episode of Old Ass Movies as we went to the Old Ass 1979s. And yes. hey, take take a moment to subscribe, share, hit like. You know, um, send it, drop us a line, tell us what you want to yeah. see, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't, and be sure and tune in next week for something else. Not sure what, but it'll what be entertaining. Is, is next week, we could, we'll come up with something. We will. We it'll do. be something. It'll be a movie. I promise you that. Probably a horror flick because we're going through probably up to December. Up to December. Up to Christmas. I think we're scary, rolling horror to Christmas. Weird yeah. Halloween-y type movies. Yeah, Why not? sounds good. Why not? Why not? Thanks again, folks, and we'll catch you next week. Bye.